right, good morning, everyone. Uh, I want to start us today uh, by actually saying happy anniversary to my beautiful wife, B. I am trying to look at you through the camera right now as you're at home sitting on the couch with our precious daughters. But today is our 23rd anniversary. So thinking back uh, just to that amazing time for us. I've been married for 23 years now, which is incredible. And so I love you so much. I will see you in a little bit <laughs> and we will celebrate. But with that, um, even as I was kind of thinking about how today is our anniversary and I'm here in this weird way of being, you know, at church and preaching to all of you through, um, you know, through the screen and all of that. But within that, like today, what we're talking about is this sense of a hope for better growth, to be able to grow to something more mature. And, you know, I was thinking about how, okay, we've been married for 23 years that we're having different sorts of talks today than we were having 23 years ago. Our relationship has matured over that 23 years. Like we, you know, I remember like when you're first dating or, you know, when we're engaged and you're having those sorts of like, what's your favorite food and what's your favorite movie and tell me how, like, what was it like for you growing up and, and all that, those kind of conversations. And we don't have those kind of conversations anymore because I know those things about B. I know her at that sort of most basic level. And now we're having different kinds of talks and talks that we're sharing what is our, our heart in the midst of some of the things that we are going through as a church and as a country and as a family and as we raise our, our two girls together and how is God working in us through that and what are our passions like how are they growing and developing and you know we're having those sorts of conversations now I feel like we see seven layers deeper than what we saw back then and and I, I think our culture tends to have an infatuation with the new and that we think even like oh we have to have this new 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 but you know and a lot of people kind of like miss that very beginning of your relationship and then you even see relationships struggle in the midst of that. But I love, I love the way that our relationship has matured. And you could think of like, you need to keep the, the sort of the, the flame, the fire kindled from your first love, from that beginning time. You, you need that. But at the same time, you need to get beyond that into what is a more mature relationship. And it's the same with our relationship with God. It's the same with what we're going to be talking about today. We need to remember, even as it says in early in the book of Revelation, it says we need to remember our first love. Remember when we first became a follower of Jesus and the passion that we had in the midst of all of that. But we have to move on what this passage will say from milk to solid food, from being an infant to being Mature, And so that's, as that is what's going on in, in our relationship, uh, my relationship with my wife on our anniversary today, I hope for the same for all of us. So let's look into this passage. So grab your Bible if you have not yet, uh, or whatever your device is that you are reading it on, and turn to Hebrews 5. Uh, we'll start, actually I'd like to look at verse 10 to start. It's what we closed with last week. 
and it kind of helps us to get into what we're talking about. Because verse 10 basically just says, it mentions a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And so last week we talked some about like introducing who is this Melchizedek, what's the deal, and it's, we even said then, like it's kind of confusing, we're going to talk about it more. Uh, check out then what the author of Hebrews says in verse 11. It says, concerning him, Melchizedek, we have much to say. And it is hard to explain. So even the author here says, it's hard to explain. But then he says, since you have become dull of hearing. And it's like, whoa, what? He gets, there's sort of smack down on them here. Because you become dull of hearing. Verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. We'll talk about that specifically. This is a thing, the word of righteousness. For he's an infinite, says. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. All right, chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. All right, so that's the sort of establishment of this bit of like, like a call out on these people because he's going into this teaching and he starts to call them out. Like he need, it's kind of like this sort of moment where if you remember this movie, A Few Good Men, where you've got just screaming, you can't handle the truth. And he's just screaming, freaking out, right? And that's a little bit of what we have happening here. It's just like, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle the deep stuff. You can't handle the meat because you've become this, dull of hearing. He says it's hard to explain because you've become dull of hearing. So like what is that? It's kind of not an expression we use these days. But uh, it's, it's essentially this. Dull of hearing means to have no push. That there's, you're sort of lazy, sluggish in hearing. There's no strength. There's no like oomph behind your ability to keep learning and growing and hearing. So you've become dull of this. You're not able to really take in something that's more. And uh, so he's, he's given him a pretty significant call out. And what's interesting is uh, he's about to teach them some super complex stuff coming up in the very next passage, coming up in chapter, the rest of six, chapter seven, and it does get much more complex. So I think he's giving them a little bit of a wake-up call, kind of like Matt Doan did for, said for his kids when he was in the announcement time where he's like, wake up, Doan kids, it's time to pay attention. And it's the same for all of us. This is what God is giving all of us is a wake up. All right, you've been going through this book of Hebrews. Maybe you're just kind of like, yeah, 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 I get the concept. You know, like I understand who Jesus is a little bit. Don't waver in my faith. I get it. But no, 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 wake up. It's going to get a little more difficult here because he wants you to pay attention. But the thing is, it says they're not just dull of hearing. It says they have become dull of hearing. 
It basically, that means that they weren't always this way. They weren't always dull. They weren't always lazy with their hearing. It's they've regressed in some way in their spiritual maturity. So in their ability to take on more difficult information and action, they've become this way. And so I think like as we continue to go through this, um, this message for today but, and, and all of them, but like with this message today, have a little bit of uh, a self-analysis, have a little bit of thinking through like, okay, where am I? Like I, I probably was at some point I had this passion, right? Even that, that first love, when you first became a follower of Jesus, you had this passion and maybe you even had this really strong passion for the word of God and you're just pouring over it and studying it and going deeper and deeper. But then maybe something happened where you started to get a little bit lazy about it. And that's what's happening here. And so think through, where are you in the midst of that process? Have you regressed or have you never really dug deep at all. And so we want to make sure that we don't need to like be retaught the same things over and over because we've gotten lazy about them. So think about, for example, how often have we taught that we can't be saved by our works, but we're saved by grace through faith. Like we've been taught that so often, yet so often we can also go back to sort of moralism and our, our moral behavior, our good works, our what we need for God to be pleased with us or for us to be saved. How often have we taught on the power of the Holy Spirit and our necessity and the necessity of being completely dependent on him. Yet then when we go and we're trying to talk to someone that we know and, and care for about Jesus and we think that we have to convince them and argue them into the kingdom of God and we don't rely on the power of the Spirit. How often have we taught that the church is not a building yet we think that we need to be in a building for us to feel fulfilled and satisfied in our faith and how often have we taught that it's like uh, we don't need a certain worship style for us to be able to connect with God and worship him yet it's so easy for us to go back to like our preferences and, and what all we want is like a certain style and for our preferences to be fulfilled. So there's a lot of things that we can sort of drift into of becoming lazy and getting off of the deeper, deeper content. Like what's the thing behind the thing? You know, next week is literally, like we said, next week is literally one of the most debated passages of scripture uh, in all of the Bible. Okay, it's a very difficult passage that some think you can lose your faith or not. And so there's a lot of like hard stuff there. And then we're going to go into Melchizedek and all of that, which is hard stuff, as he says. So actually next week, what's interesting is uh, I've, I've planned for a long time to be on vacation, not just dodging that passage, although some have argued that I am, but I'm not. But I do have a really good friend uh, named Craig Hill, who is a professor of biblical Greek and a professor of Bible interpretation and is a local pastor who also did his doctoral dissertation on the book of Hebrews. So I was kind of like, hey, I'm going to be on vacation. Let's have this guy, that's a buddy of mine that's a super expert on this, come and be able to share with us about that. And so I think you're going to be blessed by him next week. But all of this is this whole thing of you can't handle the truth that we have to press in and then really be able to want to take on more of that. 
But the key of it, what this middle section says, is don't just hear it, do it. Don't just get puffed up with more knowledge for knowledge's sake. Knowledge is good, but knowledge isn't good if it's just for knowledge's sake. We need to actually do it. Hebrews 5.14 right here, it said, But solid food is for the mature who because of practice, see that? Because they've practiced it out, they lived it out, they have their senses then trained to discern good and evil. That's what we need, and that's what we want, to be able to put this into practice, actually doing what it says. The spiritual infant and the spiritual adult are both given the very same word of God, but the spiritually mature adult puts it into practice. That's one of the main key differences. As we mature, we hear what it says, and then we do what it says. Because we can grow in all sorts of knowledge, but that just sort of puffs up, right? That, that just puffs up, but love builds up. When we put it into practice, that builds up others. It's like, I don't know if you remember this scene from Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Indy's coming through and he's got his his whip thing out and then this guy comes with this big sword and he's just twirling it all over the place and just doing all these crazy moves and then he stops and then Indiana Jones just pulls out his gun and goes boom shoots him and then moves on and it's this like kind of crazy scene but what what you see there a little bit is like you can just be super fancy right you can learn all these fancy words and you know instead of just saying studying the end times now you say eschatology right like for whatever reason like we have to add fancier words to it and there's all sorts of fancy words that we can say but like you can know some deep theology and know all the sort of fancy academic words but what's the point if you don't do anything? If you don't do it, you're actually still immature. You just know a lot of fancy words and you become a parrot that can repeat them as somebody else has told them to you. And so we want to be careful that we're not just parrots, but we're actually doing something. I, I learned about this uh, cool thing called Discovery Bible Studies um, recently. Like pretty recently, in this last several months, learned about this. It's through a missions agency called Novo that, that we have lots of missionaries that we support from there. And it's basically this thing that they do. It's so simple, <laughs> but so profound. It's crazy. Like, all they do is, like, let's look at a passage. Let's read it together. Like, like what does this passage mean? We kind of come to a conversation of what does this passage mean? And then everyone says, okay, here's something I will do now this week to put this into practice. And then the next week or the next time they get together, they share the thing that they actually did. And what you're seeing is even throughout the Middle East and really like oppressive areas to Christianity, you're seeing this spread of the gospel because people are just reading the Bible and doing what it says. Like, it's that simple, but it's incredibly, incredibly profound. And we have a, a, a vision here at Calvary Church that says that we would be continually changed by the gospel. We don't just receive the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and we're changed that once at salvation, and then we're done. We, no, we want to be continually changed by the gospel, that the message of Jesus and his grace and our empowerment by the Holy Spirit is continually changing us. And so we need to be maturing and growing and formed by God's spirit. There's this expression in this passage that says this word of righteousness. And really, 
what this, this is actually a thing, like what it means is, it was a more advanced theological teaching that stresses the cost and responsibilities of discipleship. So again, even discipleship is sort of a pseudo fancy word. It's that, that just means following Jesus. And that following Jesus has a cost and it has a responsibility that there's things that we could do, we need to do because of being a follower of Jesus. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you should then do things that flow out of your, like your being leads to doing. All right. So that's what that means. And so that's what we need to be able to live out. And, and it's also expressed in the book of James, which is the very next uh, book of the Bible after Hebrews, where it says, prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. And then even in James 2, it says, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. It's true. We need to remember that we are not saved by our works. We are saved by grace through faith. But then out of that, we have to actually do something or our faith is dead. All right, so that's that understanding of what it means to be mature is to be a doer of the word. Because if we just grow in knowledge, we kind of end up looking like this, right? You might think you want to look like this. You know, this just super huge rip guy. And like this is a person that let's say they've just like learned and learned and learned and they've just grown in content, information, 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 but then they don't do anything with it. Cause it's like, I don't know if you can look like this and then like hammer a nail. Cause I don't know if you can lift your arms. Like, I don't know if you can walk down the street, you know, it's like, it's intense, but like we can just get so puffed up with ourselves and our knowledge, but we need to actually do something. And that can be very cool, but not very useful. And so it's time then to graduate. It's time to graduate beyond the elementary teachings. It's time to graduate beyond the milk to solid food. It says in verse one, leave the elementary teaching about Christ and press on to maturity. It's kind of like as if, you know, we've been a believer for a long time. And if we're still in the elementary teachings, it's kind of like Billy Madison, where you've got this grown man in the middle of this, like whatever, second grade classroom or whatever that is. And we just have to be careful that we don't become like that. As if I, as a 45 year old man would be stuck in second grade because I don't remember the basics because I never really understood the basics. So what are, according to this passage, what are the basics? So he details this a little bit here and gives some examples of the basics. Uh, if you see, if you've gotten the, the sermon notes, either at calvarylife.org slash live or via the app, the Church Center app, um, you can see where I've given even a little bit more detail in there than what you see in this list here. But this is what they are. Repentance from dead works. Essentially, the dead works are that system of sacrifice of the Old Testament, the Levitical sacrificial system. And so dead works would be thinking that stuff is still going to save you. And it says then faith toward God is a basic. Yeah, that we are saved by grace through faith, not by those dead works. That's a basic 
Then it says instruction about washings. And it's actually the washings is the Greek word of baptisms. And so, but it's plural. It's not talking about your baptism when you think of, you know, when I got baptized. But it's talking about this system of ritual cleansing, kind of ceremonial cleansing before entering into the temple or before entering into um, other sort of moments in the Jewish like sacred system that they would have to go and, and, and go through these washings. And uh, so it's kind of like, look, like the way we've moved on from that, that is a uh, basic teaching. The laying on of hands was in the Old Testament, <coughs> excuse me, it was how you would impart a blessing or when you'd uh, appoint someone to a certain office or a certain work or when you'd identify what the sacrifice was, was the laying on of hands. He's like, we're moving on from that. Resurrection of the dead, just the fact that it exists, was, was a bit of a debate amongst certain Jewish groups. They're saying just believing in the resurrection of the dead is a basic eternal judgment. Believing in that is a basic, that there is a final judgment at the end of days, the great white throne of judgment, the um, the lake of fire, continuing on. That Believing in that is a basic. So those are those basics there. We have some maybe of our own basics, but this, is, this covers a lot of it. We probably don't even, probably a lot of us don't even know about the basics of instruction about washings and laying on of hands. We're coming from sort of a different cultural perspective. But I'd want to ask you, what are you doing to mature in your ability to interpret Scripture yourself, okay? So that you could take the Scriptures, read them, and be able to know what it means on your own without having to listen to a sermon. But sermons can only, you, know, you guys, sermons are at some level surface. They're at some level basic. We try to get into some depth, but when you think of like a limited amount of time once a week, that's not when you're getting into the deep things. You need to be able to spend time on your own and reading scripture, interpreting scripture to get more mature. And so how do you do that? Uh, one thing that's kind of cool is that same guy who's that professor of, of biblical Greek and Bible interpretation and, and all of that uh, that's going to be preaching next week. His name's Craig Hill. We also did an episode of the Calvary Life podcast that if you're in the notes or on the app, you can click on the part that says listen to that. It'll take you right to it. But we recorded that last November on our podcast of just how to read the Bible. How do you read the Bible and actually know what it says and know what it means? Because sometimes it is challenging. So I encourage you to listen to that. You can get a taste of Craig even and get like start to grow and start to learn more about how can I mature in this on my own. Because another question I want you to consider for yourself is this. Has the length of time you have followed Jesus resulted in maturity? Just consider how long have I been following Jesus Am I at a place that I believe is more mature than when I started, more mature than a year ago, more mature than 10 years ago? Have I found myself, maybe even as I've grown older, maybe I've grown more cynical or I've grown more kind of lazy, like with the dull of hearing thing. Like I'm like, ah, eh, I, I kind of did that for a long time, but now I'm just kind of, I'm kind of in like the, the cruise control stage of life. Well, I, I want you to think about that. And God says to you, like, there is no retirement. There is no unemployment in the kingdom of God. 
There's no such thing as stopping in there, okay? There's no such thing as cruise control. You keep digging into the word of God. You keep finding ways that you can put that into practice and be a doer of the word. We don't ever stop. Our assignments can change over the course of our life, but we don't stop. And so have you become dull of hearing at whatever stage you're at? Have you sort of let off the gas a little bit with that? And, and even, don't get me wrong, like some of that letting off the gas, like when I say that, it could mean that you need to let off the gas and rest in Christ to be more mature and to be pursuing him and stop pursuing sort of the things of this world. So consider, consider your life, consider the progression is the picture of your life today more like Christ than yesterday? And that's how we'll know we've matured because we've begun to put that into practice. So as we consider our response to this today, and this is even why we have a step like this of, of a step of response in our sermons. We try to have these in all of our sermons because we don't want to just hear a sermon. We want to do what it says. So for us this week, take one step towards doing something instead of only learning more new information. Consider right now, what is that thing? What can I do to put my faith into practice and then actually do it? All right? So what we're going to do now is um, we're going to, I'm going to pray for us and we're going to sing a song and just to be able to have a chance to hear even, I even encourage you is maybe this will be a new song to you. And so allow the words of this song to minister to you. And we're going to prepare our hearts as then we're going to take communion after this song together. So again, I encourage you, make sure you have something, some elements that you have to be able to take communion and remember Christ. So as we prepare our hearts now, as we sing, let's, let's pray. Lord, we come before you humbly, recognizing that no matter how long we have been, a follower of you, Lord Jesus, we need to still be growing. We need to still be considering if we have grown lazy or dull in our hearing. We've moved on from milk to meat. So Lord, I pray, God, even here now, as we sing this song, Lord, as we hear these words, I pray, Lord, that you'd be doing a work in our hearts, God drawing us close to you, allowing us to remember that you are for us and love us deeply, that you died for us and rose again in great power. God, I pray that we would be moved by you today and remember your death and your resurrection. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
give me life that I did not deserve. So on my knees I come surrender to the King of Kings, my one defender. I will always bow in reverence to Christ who bled for my redemption. Lord, I'm so grateful. Help me always to remember that Jesus I say thank you for the cross. Humbly I come to your presence again, seeking the glory of your face. I'll never come to grips with all that I should own. How you washed it all away I will never forget What you did on that day When you took the nails That hung you on the cross In my place So on my knees I come surrender To the King of Kings My one defender I will always bow in reverence To Christ to bless Lord, I'm so grateful. Help me always to remember. Jesus, I say thank you for the cross. There is no one like the Son of Man, the Prince of Peace, the risen Lamb. You gave it all so I could sing your praises for eternity. The name that every song will sing reign through all of history. It's Jesus Christ, the one true living God. Yeah. There is no one like the Son of Man, the Prince of Peace, the risen Lamb. You gave it all so I could sing your praises for eternity. The name that every tongue will sing and reign through all of To the King of Kings, my one defender, I will always bow in reverence to Christ who bled for my redemption. But I'm so grateful. Help me always to remember Jesus. I say thank you for the cross. Yeah, oh, Jesus, I say thank you for the cross. Oh my Jesus, Jesus, I say thank you for the cross. It's powerful. And that's what we do in this moment as we come to the table. We come with the bread and the cup that represents the body of Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus. We come before him with these, these elements because, you know, as we think about this, as we study this passage today, we have to remember this basic, this is the most basic teaching. And Jesus wants us to regular, regularly remember it. 
Because it's so easy for us to become dull of hearing. It's so easy for us to drift. And so he's established this for us to give thanks to him and to remember. And we recognize in the midst of it that there is something even more, there's something beautiful happening between us and the Lord of recognizing his body and blood. And it's kind of beyond our words. It's beyond our understanding. But that God is working and moving even in this beautiful sacrament as we approach him and remember. And so I encourage you now to hold on to the bread. And think of the body of Jesus Christ, his body that is given for you. You've seen the images where we've tried to portray in our movies and in our artwork of his body after it has been whipped and beaten, pierced, and hung upon the cross, bloody and bruised. That's what we remember. We remember his sacrifice. In the midst of that too, we remember that that body came back to life again in power and victory with whole still in his hands, but victorious. That's the body of Jesus given for you. And so when Jesus says, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. That's what we're doing now. Let's take the bread together. Pause and reflect on that. And take the cup, the cup of wine that was served at that Last Supper, the cup of grape juice that I'm holding, the cup of milk or OJ or water or whatever you have at home. It's not the specifics of the actual substance that you are holding now that are important. It's the specifics of the substance that it represents. That it represents the shed blood of Jesus. As the priests would have to go into the Holy of Holies, into the altar, and to sprinkle blood upon the altar on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, as that blood would be the covering of the sins of the people of Israel for that entire year. This shed blood of Jesus is what covers us for eternity. And it was enough. It was once and for all. It was a once and for all sacrifice by Jesus that now we have because he was willing to go and to shed his blood for us. And it tore the veil of the temple and that Holy of Holies was now opened because of his shed blood, greater than any shed blood of any perfect animal that had been given over hundreds of years. And so Jesus, his shed blood is what we remember. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
remember. Jesus, we remember. Jesus, we remember. Lord, we remember that we are deeply grateful, God, that you as King of kings and Lord of lords would willingly place yourself under that suffering to cover our sins forever. Lord, I, I say, I thank you for covering my sin forever, God. We really are deeply humbled, God, by that. And we surrender our lives to you in response. So anything we do, these, these actions, these works that we've talked about today, they just come out of love and gratitude and remembrance. It comes out of this, Lord. May we serve you in whatever way we choose, in whatever way you call us to, God. May we serve you out of response to what you've done for us, God. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we close our service today, uh, again, just so grateful that you could be part of that with us. We do, we want to be able to connect with you. We want to be able to just have good communication with you so that you know what's going on in the life of our church. So I encourage you, like, I encourage you again to get the app, just to be, to fill out the card, to have that way of, of us being able to communicate with you. Um, we want to be able to, to help you, especially as we move forward with a lot of this stuff as we're trying to regather in person, but also we recognize like there's been even some new guidelines have come out and we're trying to determine like what God is calling us to do, um, like no matter what in this time. And so we want to be able to communicate well with you. And uh, I ask you to pray for us. Pray for the leadership of our church as we make decisions uh, in the midst of this season. So thank you for that. Let me, uh, let me just close with one more prayer and prayer blessing over you now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we, we love you, Lord. We worship you, we honor you, we glorify you. We pray that you have been pleased and glorified in the midst of this last hour or so of our time. I pray, God, that it would be about so much more. It would be about the next hours of our time that you would be pleased and worshiped um, by those as well, God, and, and even greater. And so I pray this blessing upon you and recognize as this is prayed over you, prepare yourself to receive it, but recognize that this is the heart of God toward you. This is what he wants for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he lift his countenance to you and give you peace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And God bless you as you continue your day.